Welcome to the 507 Podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Baymanette. Episodes are recorded in the Beans on Hand coffee shop located on Hand Avenue in downtown Baymanette, Alabama. For more information, check them out on Facebook. Now let's get to the talk with host Joel Carter. Good evening. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural episode of 507. This is the First Baptist Church Baymanette's podcast. Tonight, we have a special guest here with us tonight, one of our newest staff members. But first off, let me introduce you to Mark Davis, our student pastor, who's here with us because of his technological guru-ness that he is. Yeah, is guru-ness a word? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. Also, Megan Franklin, our children's ministries director, is here with us. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad you are. We're glad you're here. <laughs> you, you brighten up the room. <laughs> yes. So, but also, our fearless leader, Dr. Chip Starnes, is here. Dr. Chip kind of gives us guidance and direction, and we all just anxiously hang on every word that he has. Oh, don't we know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Joel. It's good to be here. And, and um, Also tonight, let me introduce you very quickly to our newest staff member. Some of you have met. Most of you probably have seen his work. You just didn't realize he was the one doing it, because we keep him tucked away back, hidden in a closet somewhere, it seems, up at church. Not, yeah, not it's, normally on this side of the camera. No, so. not normally. This is Ben Lockridge. <laughs> Uh, ben comes to us from Mississippi. Uh, ben is our communications director. So we want you to kind of see him and uh, get to know what he does. Uh, but as we get going in that direction, Dr. Chip, kind of share with us your vision for our communications area, because then I want to circle back around into why we had this need. But before yeah. we could do that, we really understand the what we were doing. We need to see where we were going in the first place. Sure. Hey, I'll try to do this briefly, but it's just such a wonderful story of God's empowerment and movement in our church. I don't want to limit it. Uh, several years ago, naturally, uh, when we came to Bay Manette, most all of our services were absolutely in-person experiences. You had to be there. And it's just like the saying is, we, man, you weren't there. Oh, you had to be there. Yeah. We should yeah. have been there. But uh, as, as God would have it, and he laid on some hearts of some people that uh, just really wanted to share uh, some donations and some blessings that God had given to, through them to give to ministry. And uh, so I was asked to come, and, and so we sat down, and, and, and some people had men- mentioned to me about, you know, where do you, what's your vision for what something that we don't have that we need to have? And certainly we had no idea about covid uh, 19. We had this was a couple of years ago, and I said, "Man, I, what I really would love for us to be able to do is have equipment and have technical devices and things that I don't even know the lingo, lingo or the language about." But I would like for First Baptist Church to be able to broaden its scope and broaden its reach, not only for uh, the people that are living in our city but also those who are are outside of our city and outside of our context. Things came to my mind, such as our, first and foremost, our homebound ministry. People who could maybe not physically be at church, but could, with some help or aid if they needed it, to be able to have First Baptist Church in their den or living room or on their phone or tablet. And then secondly, when our people would travel away from the ta- from our city, go on vacation, go on a business trip, they, they weren't in town that weekend, they could pull up and live stream and be a part of our worship services just almost just as if they were there physically as well. Now, fast forward that, God, God enabled us to get what we needed to begin this process. And for a while, we had a young man helping us in a part-time role and 
and helped us get started, make some good headway there. And then life took him in another direction, in another state. And so at that point in time, it was left to our existing staff to pick up the pieces. And um, as we jokingly say, but it's also true, in every person's job description, the last the last thing is yeah. add other duties as assigned. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, there are a so, lot of other duties assigned. Uh, yes, there, we, we get into a lot of those duties. I didn't know. That. Well, yeah, it's number 16 on your job description. So other duties as assigned. And so we just started picking each other's brains and challenging each other and I thank God for putting us together with some staff members that knew a little bit and knew more, but most importantly, were not afraid to take the challenge on and say, hey, this is what I don't know, but I know God's given me a brain, and I know God's given me uh, a heart for ministry, and I'm just going to have to learn it and do this. And so we were able to do that for a period of time. Now, now, you mentioned COVID. Now, COVID kind of accelerated oh, this process. It, it, it pushed the pedal to the metal in COVID. I mean, when we got into COVID, and what we were experiencing was, yes, come to worship at First Baptist Church. Come to Sunday school. Come to Wednesday night. Come to all ministries. And, hey, we've got the live stream over here, too. Yeah. And yeah. we would, would make an offhand reference to it from time to time. Oh, and it's online, too. As if uh, almost... A second thought. But then when COVID came, I mean, it became the ministry yeah. face of who we are and what we're proclaiming the gospel. Now you're talking about it, you know, our live stream is kind of an offside to the off to the side kind of thing. Yeah. How many people do you think we were having, Mark, in our live stream experience pre COVID? Pre COVID. Yeah, uh, if we got into double digits, that'd be a good yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we definitely had people, and they were regulars. Yeah. We sure. had people from yeah. around the country. That's, I remember yeah, seeing yeah. people from Texas, and yeah. uh, I think we had somebody in California. Every Sunday, you would see them pop up. And like I think, Dr. Starnes, like you mentioned, we had people that were on vacation, and they'd sure. dog in through Facebook, hey, I'm joining you, we're driving, or yeah. Yeah, we're on the beach up in South Carolina, or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think we had hundreds of people. No. But since COVID, like you said, Dr. Chip, you know, it really accelerated this to the forefront. Um, it, became our, it became not, I think our saying around the church was it was not a face, it was the face exactly. of us, our live streaming. Um, so our numbers definitely grew during that time. Um, what, what do you think our numbers went to then? I mean, I'm going to keep asking you because you were the one that were kind of the driving force. You were the, the, the donkey. We just kept loading you up. Yeah. Kept loading you up uh, on this stuff with everything that we did. Yeah, you are. What, what do you think the numbers went to post-COVID? Yeah, well, d- during, during COVID, it, 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 man, it went up a lot because I know we were streaming like we are now. We're streaming to Vimeo, Facebook, and YouTube all simultaneously. Yeah. So you could pick your platform that you wanted to watch it on out and we were we were hitting a hundred or so probably on each one of those it, it i mean it was we were getting a couple hundred easy that were watching live stream and then others that would come back in afterwards to watch it after the fact but live stream 200 people so now you had a great acceleration in your learning curve and all this didn't you? <laughs> yeah well, well it was and that's the beautiful thing about the staff is that if there's a need, somebody's going to step up and get it done. Yeah. And it wasn't just me. There was other people that helped me out. You helped me out. Me- Megan even helped me out. And she, yeah. really, she really did a lot. She was a wirecast guru. But but, she, she became our cameraman pretty oh, much. Yeah. That's pretty much that she was the cameraman yes. for, for most of what we did. Yeah. But, I mean, but the great thing was the equipment we got was is not subpar. 
whenever we were gifted this stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, we had some heads come together and realize what we need to have from the future. And so we've got some good stuff. And I know Ben would probably agree because that's, that's his forte. Um, but as a result, it's pretty user friendly. So even a dumb guy like me could figure it out. Um, but we, we got the job done and, and it was, it was fun. It was fun to learn new stuff and be challenged. Uh, And it came at a good time. uh, I I think. Well, I, I really think it did. I really think, um, I know remember sitting back in March and April when, Everybody was thinking, not just us, every church was thinking, okay, how do we do this live streaming thing? And so many churches were like, well, we never even considered it. You know, thinking, okay, you know, we have just been grabbed around the neck and drugged 10 years into the future. Because whether you wanted to go or not, you were going to go. And you either made adjustments and changed what you were doing, or you just got left behind. But like I said, even Megan picked up, and she was the cameraman for so many. Even (laughs) Megan. Even Megan. Because, I, mean, I mean, hey, I know terms like dongle and gimbal. I know it all now. And I, I remember several times that we were filming, you know, and Megan learned to walk so stealthily and so oh, yeah. smoothly that the camera never jostled. It was amazing watching mm-hmm. everybody pick up and learn new skills yeah. and everybody acquire new talents that they'd never had before because they never imagined, yeah. you know. But now, as we've gone ahead and progressed through this, uh, I began to listen to people you know, around the country, listen to other ministry leaders, and they were saying that the next position that every church was going to have to look at, that yeah. they were going, if they were going to continue to do this, because you could not drop this, this new avenue of ministry just because COVID ended, which it still hasn't. But just because it, you moved past it, didn't think you could, it could go away. You just, now you had to add it to your regular ministries was a position of communications director of media ministry, someone who could take this and elevate it. Yeah. And, and we began to look at that about in, really in May and July, May and June, coming into July of we have got to hire someone full-time yeah. because when we do get back to regular services, you had, Mark, you had dropped everything in student yeah. ministry to do this. And Megan, right. you had dropped everything in children's ministry to do this. You know, and, and Alex had dropped everything in music you know, to learn this thing. Yeah, and so it was like if we're going to continue to do this once we go back to normal ministries, who's going to do it? Because you can't drop, continue to drop everything else. So we began looking and searching, and really think that God brought us to Ben Lockridge. Uh, I think it was a very amazing. It's a cool story the way God kind of did this. Uh, but Dr. Chip, I want to ask you, you know, as we go ahead in this, your vision and what you felt God was leading you to do as we walked through this period. God called. Megan to work with our, our, our children's ministry director. God called Mark to work with our students and Alex to work with our music. And during that period of COVID when we were really experiencing a shutdown, we were all learning so much. You know, God called me to work with students, children, music, but we're not having any of that in-house. So yeah. what, what now do we do? Um, I didn't never, I never thought God was calling me to preach to an empty room. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, I, I, you know, the call to preach... And share the message of Christ and to preach a biblical messages did not stop when there was p- the absence of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something in all of our hearts where we've had to forge and find, okay, God, it's not that you have uncalled us. It is that you have challenged us with a new dimension of our call. And so we have to step into that role. And it became clearly evident to us that if we're going to still have a viable and thriving music ministry and children's ministry and student ministry, 
we're going to have to let the people that God's placed here do that, which means we need another avenue of a director to handle these communications that God has worked in and worked through and prepared that person's heart, and we had no idea who the person was. And then when we find how God led us to Ben, and we start looking at the experiences that God had used Ben as a, as a believer in Christ in, uh, in the newsroom, in, in the paper, in story writing, and, and all the things of, of this time telling a different story rather than what happened on 7th and Main. He's telling the story of the gospel through, through video and through slides and through presentation. And it, it was just, it's where we are to speak to every generation. The homebound, the I can't get out due to COVID concerns, to the next generation, to the younger population who were into podcasts, who were into all the different things. that It just speaks to everybody. There's no one left out of the cycle. And I, I really like, um, it's exciting that this is a new avenue of ministry. It's a new medium that we're using, mm-hmm. but we're still conveying the same message that Jesus gave the disciples 2,000 years ago. Go tell people the kingdom of God is near. It's the same message. It's just being told a different way, and that's what's exciting to me. We've talked about him. Dr. Chip, you just alluded to a little bit of his past, but I I really want us to kind of turn and look at Ben now because Ben is the one. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, we're coming to you now. Uh, Ben, he's got the vision, and not just the vision, but the expertise that makes us look so much better than what. Now, I told Ben when when he came, I was like, look, man, we have set a bar. It is really low, but we have set one. But we're excited about what you've done. Uh, in the past and how that shapes what you're doing now and how God's using you here. Tell us a little bit about your past and where you're coming from and the call God's put on your life because I definitely sensed that calling God on you. It, it, it absolutely did. I, I was a journalist for 20-plus years. I've, I've really lost count. And uh, my last job, and, and when I say that, it was television, it was print, as you were talking about a, a moment ago. And... Um, I really fell in love with storytelling. You know, I, I, I was the guy, I wanted to do the people stories. I, I wanted to do the, you know, the photo that was the grandma refrigerator art. You know, that was the, the things that I was interested in. I, and it's not that I didn't like hard news. I just wanted it to be a people story. But as many of you know, uh, the news world is not what it was. Uh, journalism became harder and harder to do on an honest Plane. I knew that God was slowly calling me out of that world, and uh, but I did not know exactly what was next. I knew what my wheelhouse was, but I did not know. I mean, for example, this job did not exist even five years ago, sure. really, yeah, sure. honestly, at least not at this scale. So I had absolutely no idea where I was going. My last job in news, I was a news director. Uh, which is a shocker for most people, but uh, I actually ran a very small newsroom, um, and I, I, I loved that job. It was great, but again, I knew um, that, that that time was closing, and uh, I, I remember the day we were in Gatlinburg, uh, Tennessee. I needed a break, and uh, I took a week off, took the kids, and we went to we went to the mountains. Though. We we rented a place. I mean, we were at the tippy top of the mountain. I remember clear as day, waking up in the middle of the night, and God telling me, "I want you to leave without a safety net." Mm-hmm. 
I was ready to go, but not with. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I I, I kind of wanted, you know, that's not a great idea. You, you you get the job. I could hear my dad's voice, you know, inside <laughs> of my head. You need to get something secure before you walk off the ledge, you know. But um, that's not how he wanted me to do it, and it was absolutely frightening. I, you know, I started thinking about Abraham, and I said. I guess I'm going to a place I, I don't, I can't see yet. I don't know what it is yet. Um, and Casey shockingly went along with it. You know, I mean, it, it took a lot of prayer and it was several days before we, we got to where God was on it, but we finally, uh, made that decision and I was unemployed for three months. Um, and no, I did not have savings. No, I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have a nest egg. You know, journalism did not pay <laughs> a whole lot. So I just didn't have a whole lot. Under so we we uh, God provided. Um, shortly after uh, our um, my former pastor Jeff Myers, wonderful guy, he um, he saw the need for it. And this is pre-COVID, okay? That he he wanted a media ministry, but uh, like most churches, they just didn't see it. They just didn't see the need for it, you know. But he managed to. Um, get me a part-time position doing that very thing, doing what I'm doing for you guys part-time. But it wasn't paying the bills. You know, it was still very difficult for us. And uh, about that time, our uh, church secretary uh, um, resigned, retired. And um, I didn't know anything about that job. And so uh, I immediately dismissed it. But then I go, well, if I did that job and this job, you know, I I, I have a living wage. So (laughs) I went into it, had to learn math really quick because I wasn't good at that. You know, I'm I'm a writer, so so math didn't come very easily. And that's what I did on top of of, of the other. Um, Obviously, the the, uh, church office work uh, outweighed the the media ministry stuff, so I never really felt like I was still mm-hmm. fulfilling that role for myself. But then COVID hit. COVID hit, and uh, we did um, we did what we normally did. We had a live stream. It was a, a um, you know two camera uh, situation that we had, and and we were doing that. And I remember the next week, the first time we did that. Well, first off, the live stream failed. Uh, it, it went right into the, our pastor was uh, getting right to the point of his sermon and went out. Uh, did some research, found out that um, the internet was so stressed because everybody was home. Mm-hmm. Every church yeah. about 1045 in the morning yeah. was doing a live stream. And so everybody was doing that and the internet didn't know how to handle that. So uh, we we didn't know what to do from there because we couldn't have... You know, we couldn't have service. We couldn't have, we couldn't deliver that, you know, uh, confidently. Um, and uh, I remember I had a conversation with a friend and a deacon of our church, and we were just talking about it. And he said, you know, I watched the live stream. You know, I was glad it was there, but it just felt so distant. And I asked him, you know, what did, what did you mean by that? And uh, he, he said, well, you know, I've been in that church. I know where those cameras are. You know, you're, you're 30, 40 feet from the pastor. So I know there's a gap. And now I also know I'm 30 minutes from the church mm. and there's another gap. He said, so I guess psychologically, I feel so far away that I don't feel a part of it anymore. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, I kind of went to bed on that. And uh, it was another one of those God woke me up kind of things. And he, he said, you know how to shoot stuff. 
you know, get, bring the cameras in closer, you know, shoot it like you would shoot a music video or whatever you would do, but shoot it really nice and make people, you know, try to close that gap in a psychological sense, you know, and, uh, and that's exactly what we did. And our members took to that. Our numbers went up. We pre-recorded so we didn't have to live stream. We, we, uh, scheduled our posts. So they went up at a certain time so they could sit down at 1045 and have that normalcy still. And uh, it just worked. And just like you, the numbers, you know, shot up because nobody was in our, our church. Um, so all your background and all your history and all your training, God is using every bit of that now right, for, right. Him, for his glory and for, for the ministry. So like you were talking about your, you know, how you used to shoot a news story. You're translating that directly over into your ministry now. Then that's that's exactly what we did, and uh, you know, and I remember being so excited about that. Yeah. It's exciting when you get to do what God called you to do, and uh, and I, I felt that fully for the first time, and I and I remember going, "Gosh, I don't want that in," and I knew that we were, and then we were slowly trying to return back to normalcy, and uh, and we started doing in person services for the first Sunday. And uh, I remember going, well, can we still do the pre-record? You know, can we still do the, I think we should, you know, people really respond to that and we still, we're still going to have people at home. And, um, and I, I remember that, that, that first Sunday we had some members that, uh, they knew people were in the church. I, I don't know how it happened, but anyway, they wanted it to look like the regular church service again. Right. And it, it, it shifted, and then it just became, you know, something else. And, and I, I just remember just, you know, not that I, I thought it was necessarily wrong to do that, but it just it felt like I was, again, kind of, I was going, I was pulling back a little bit. And um, about that time, my brother-in-law, Wayne, who is a, a pastor in Tennessee, told me, he said, look, man, I saw this job on a job list, and it just had your name plastered all over it, and it was you guys. It was your job description. It was Alabama church staffing, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it yeah. was. And I remember filling out their form to send to you guys and then waiting for several weeks with no response from any of you guys. And I just, I, and I kind of put it out of my mind. No, I put it out of my mind. This is kind of funny. And, uh, and, I, and I don't know the reasons why God put me through this, but... Uh, I remember just going, I want to look at the job list. And I came across it again. And I'm like, then I saw your name on it and it had your email. I said, you know what? I'm going to resend all this stuff to Joel. He calls me that night. He said, I'm glad you did that because we never got the initial one. Yeah. So, See, and that's, that's and, what, what's so interesting. Again, I love how God does these things because we had scheduled a cutoff date. Okay, we're going to accept resumes for this position up to this date. And I, and I talked to Mark and, and Chris Harris, one of our, our others on the, the kind of our search committee with us, is like, I think we'll, let's have just one or two more days. Let's give it one or two more days. Just kind of really feel like, because we had, we had seven or eight resumes in, but like, I, I wanted to do one or two more days. And that last day is when you called. Yep. So, I mean, it's like God was just wow. saying, hold on, See, hold I on, not yet, not yet. So, it, it really yeah. lucky is. Dog. And I'm <laughs> telling you, that's just proof that God has a sense of humor, because he didn't have to do it that way. Yeah. It probably would have turned out the same way, but it just, um, it's just kind of funny. Yeah.